America seems totally ready to completely break itself apart as new polling data suggests that we don't agree on anything anymore. Also, the right and the left both suck. Welcome to Guard Nation. to start today and ask a simple question. What unites us as Americans? Because all we see right now is division. You see people disagree, you see people arguing and yelling at each other, whether they're actually being in the streets, whether they're being on social media. Everybody just seems so upset with each other right now, and it doesn't seem to be getting any better. So I would ask a simple question, what unites us? And it should be a simple answer, because I know what used to unite us, and those were things called founding principles. The idea that while America has not always lived up to them, that every single human being has certain natural rights that predate government. They don't come from the Constitution. They come from nature. They come from God. Like what John Locke argued as, your, as our natural rights. He argued life, liberty, and property as our natural rights. And these rights are meant to be individual, meaning your right to life does not affect anyone else. Your right to property should not affect anyone else. Your right to freedom should not affect anyone else. Those things should only affect you. And this idea that America was founded on these of the whole concept of individual liberty was something that we used to agree on, even if we disagree politically. That the, the whole freedom to speak, the freedom of speech, should be, it was a universal right to everyone, regardless of what you had to say, unless you were threatening physical violence unless you were threatening the violent overthrow of government, that it did not matter if you disagreed or agreed with what that person was saying. You knew that that person had the right to say it, and you had to respect that. But we are certainly losing that today. And not to mention that rights should only be taken away because of cancel culture, that rights should only be taken away through due process of law, meaning if you have committed a crime, then you lose your access to, or you lose your mandate towards life, liberty, or the pursuit of happiness or property, or however you want to look at it. That's what we used to agree on. We all used to agree on these things. And politics didn't used to run every single facet of American life. Case in point, baseball, which started two days ago. Baseball that had this massive Black Lives Matter disp display for the season opener. Politics... Uh, what happened to the days where we could just turn on sports and you don't have to worry about any other distraction, or you didn't have to worry about politics? What happened to the days where you wanted to watch an NFL game and you didn't have to worry about the politics of people kneeling for the national anthem? There used to be facets of American society that it didn't matter if you were Republican or Democrat. If you're both fans of an NFL team, who cares? You have something to talk about. You have something to talk about because politics didn't run every single aspect of your life, but we are losing that. Now, there is a conservative political commentator. His name is Ben Shapiro. You've probably heard of him. I am a very, very big fan of him. I think he does a great job breaking down topics. He just published a book called How to Destroy America in Three Easy Steps, and it's a fantastic book. And in that book, he makes the argument that there are two different types of people that are emerging in the United States today. One is a unionist. The other one is a disintegrationist. Now, unionists believe that they believe in the ideas of everything that I just talked about starting this podcast. They believe in the concept of individual liberty. They believe in the, the idea that 
we are all endowed by our creator certain inalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I'm quoting the Declaration of Independence. That America hasn't always lived up to these promises. America starting out certainly did not live up to these promises. There, for hundreds of years in the United States, there were, excuse me, in this area, what is now the United States, and even after the founding, after 1776, there was a, a, from 1776 to 1865, black Americans were not allowed citizenship. They did not have access to liberty or property. In a lot of cases, they they did not have access to life. Because many of them died and kept in, in under bondage. And so the whole American idea seemed hypocritical. But the idea was still there. And it's an idea that we have been working towards. And unionists believe that America is not perfect. That America has done some pretty terrible things. But the whole idea of America is what makes America great. And that's what we have to continue to push forward. That American utopia. We may never get there. But we must always always continue to get there. And America has made amazing strides to get to that place. From 1619, when the first slave landed on America's shores, till 2020, 401 years. It's pretty amazing what it meant to be black in the area of what was, what would be America in 1619 versus what it means to be black today in 2020. It's unbelievable how different it is. We just came off of two terms of a black president. Unheard of unheard of that would have been absolutely unheard of in 1791 when the constitution took effect and so unionists believe that while america is not perfect we still need and even though we disagree and even if it's a time of crisis where we really disagree we have to unite around these certain american ideas because if we don't what how does the country move forward now that's Group number one. Group number two is a group called disintegrationists. Disintegrationists make the argument, and they are becoming more and more popular, as polling data suggests, which I'm about to give you. Disintegrationists believe that the American idea was always a lie. It's a lie today. It was a lie in 1619. It's a lie in 2020. That the idea of individual liberty never existed. America talked about it, but never applied it across major spectrums. And so the entire system needs to be disintegrated. The entire system needs to be torn down and rebuilt. We have to throw out all of our founding principles. We have to throw out everything amazing that this country has done. Because it doesn't matter. The bad outweighs the good. Everything good that this country has done has been off of the backs of someone else. And so everything needs to be torn down. And that is what disintegrationists believe. Now, I don't know what category you're in. And again, this is according to Ben Shapiro. I would certainly be a unionist, and I hope that you are too. But you may be listening to this and thinking, okay, Guard Nation, there is no way that disintegrationists are gaining that much of favor. Okay, that what you just said is crazy. Now, there are people in the United States that believe that, but most people want to see the country reformed, not just dissolved, you know, the American system. But let me give you polls that would suggest otherwise. So, new polling data that comes out. Fox News ran a poll on Monday. They asked the question, Are the Founding Fathers villains? Do you consider the Founding Fathers to be villains? 15% said yes. 63% said no. 15% said don't know. And 7% said it depends. And you may be listening to that and thinking, Wow, 63% said no. That's pretty good. That's almost two-thirds. That's great. But let me phrase it to you this way. Over one-third of Americans, over one-third of Americans believe the Founding Fathers were villains. 
Americans who are benefiting from the system that the Founding Fathers created, benefiting from the freedoms that the Founding Fathers created and established, over one-third of Americans believe that the Founding Fathers were villains. Now, that's not to say that the Founding Fathers didn't do bad things. Of course they did bad things. Of course they did. This whole movement to tear down statues and monuments is because George, or of George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, these people that owned slaves, yes, it was awful that they owned slaves. But when you build a monument to those people, you are not building a monument to them saying, hey, good job on owning slaves. A statue of George Washington is not a statue in recognition of his slave ownership. It's a statue in recognition of him being the father of our country, of him leading this army, this ragtag group of nobodies to victory against the greatest army of the period with a lot of French help. It's in recognition of his numerous, numerous accomplishments and precedents that he set in his first two terms of office. George Washington, remember, there was no term limit set in place for the presidency. George Washington could have been a king if he wanted to, but he chose not to. He chose to give up power. He chose for the office of the presidency to not be a military office, even though the, the uh, president is commander-in-chief. George Washington decided not to wear a military uniform while he was in office because he said that it is an office of the people, not an office of the military. He set so many precedents, and we are eternally grateful to General Washington, or to President Washington, for all of his accomplishments that he did. But the fact of him owning slaves for many of these people is enough for him to be torn down. It's enough to make him a villain. And he's not the only one. There are lots of great Americans who did bad things, but we remember them for their good things because their good things had a major impact. Like somebody named Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King obviously was incredibly instrumental in the civil rights movement, but did you know that he had multiple affairs on his wives? He cheated on his wives routinely. He was a terrible husband. He was awful. He was awful. Should we tear down statues of, Ab or of, excuse me, of uh, Martin Luther King Jr.? I don't think so. Should we tear down statues of Abraham Lincoln? Abraham Lincoln wasn't concerned with slavery very much when he took office. He was more concerned with keeping the Union together. I know he's known as the Great Emancipator, but the Emancipation Proclamation, as, as you should know, you should have been taught in, in your history class, the Emancipation Proclamation only freed the slaves in the southern states. It did not free the slaves everywhere in the United States. That did not come until the passage of the 13th Amendment, December the 6th, 1865, after the Civil War ended. That was after Lincoln was already dead via assassination. So it, it was so concerning to me when I saw this poll from Fox News, by the way. Fox News, the leading conservative news outlet in the nation, or in the world, really. But they're not the only poll. The Wall Street Journal on Tuesday, they had their own poll. And so the Wall Street Journal obviously leans more left than Fox News. And so the Wall Street Journal asks a question, and their question is, and get ready for it, because I hate the question, is American society racist? Now, of course, that question is ridiculous, and that question is awful, because what do you mean by that question? What is the implication by that question? Is American society racist? Are you asking, are there racists in American society? Because, of course, yes, there are racist people in American society. There probably always will be. Or are you asking that the society itself as a whole is endemically, systemically racist? Are you asking that? Now, of course, the question is meant to be vague because you're not meant to ask questions. You're, you're meant to just say yes or no. So the question is awful. But according or to the question, is American society racist? 
56% of Americans said yes. Over a half of Americans, over half of Americans believe that the American society is racist. How does a country over half, where over half of its citizens believe that the American society is racist, how does a country move forward? Where is the, where do, where do we go moving forward from here? Second question asks, how are race relations? Which, as you can imagine, probably be pretty poor because of all the race riots. Those are typically pretty bad for race relations. 76% said poor. And by the way, poor race relations did not start with the murder of George Floyd. Poor race relations did not start with the election of Donald Trump. Poor race relations started with the election of Barack Obama. Barack Obama, who was supposed to be a great unifier for race relations, ended up being a, a race divider. And if you don't believe me, look at the polling data. Look at the polling data. That's not the first poll that's asking about race relations. If you want to know when race relations got really bad, look at the polling data. It started when all or when the police shootings started ga gaining a lot more traction around 2014, 2013, 2014. And who was president in 2013, 2014? Wasn't Trump. It was Barack Obama. Now, along party lines, along party lines versus Republicans or Democrats, when they were asked, do you think American society is racist? 82% of Democrats said yes. 82% of Democrats said yes. We think American society is racist. And that's not the most shocking statistic. Are you ready for the most shocking statistic? 30% of Republicans said yes. 30% of Republicans believed that American society is racist. Now, along age lines, the youngest, or I don't have numbers here. Well, yes, I do, but I won't go into them. Uh, Americans aged 18 to 25 were the most critical. They had the highest percentage of saying that American society was racist. And you know what's amazing about that? What is truly amazing about that? I think that is such a slap in the face to those that are older. There was a higher percentage of young Americans that said that American society was racist than older Americans. Older Americans, you know, that lived through, like, Jim Crow and, like, the Civil Rights Movement in the 1960s. I'm talking about African Americans here. It breaks it down by race. Af more older, more older African Americans said that American society was not racist than younger African Americans. Which is bizarre. That is absolutely bizarre. Young African Americans, young people of color, have it better than anybody in, have it better in America than anybody in American history. You have it better today than anybody that came before you. By far. Not even close. And so where do we go from here? What are we supposed to do? Where does the country go from here? Do we tear down the system or do we reform it? Because according to the disintegrationists, we're supposed to reform or excuse me, tear it down. The unionists want to reform it because unionists agree. Again, the unionists agree that America is not perfect. It certainly isn't. America is not perfect. But it, we just need to make moves to try and fix it, not tear it down. And what I want you all to understand as I move off of this topic, one of the most important things that I, I truly do want you to understand. Oh, I, actually, before I move on, I'm sorry. I, I looked over one thing. The only hopeful, hopeful statistic that I saw the only hopeful statistic. Uh, the question was, are you hopeful? Are you hopeful that these issues are getting addressed? 75% said yes. So that is a hopeful st statistic. Three quarters of Americans believe that these issues are getting addressed. Those would be 
uh, going towards the size of unionists, which is great. That That's fantastic. But again, it's important to understand America started in 1776. America did not start in 1619. America started, let me say it again, America started in 1776. America did not start in 1619. Disintegrationists would have you believe that the entire idea of America, which is slavery and racism, started in 1619 when the first slave came here. No, the idea of America is individual liberty. The idea of America is separation of powers, where one individual person does not hold all the power for a country. All those things that you should have learned in middle school and high school about the legislative branch, executive branch, judicial branch, all those things that you should have learned, those are American ideas. Well, they were incorporated into American system. They're not American ideas. They were kind of taken from Rousseau, and they, they (laughs) they were taken from Enlightenment philosophers, but that's okay. But we were the first government to actually incorporate them into a constitution by name. By name. And again, I, I wanted, before I move topics, I wanted to actually reiterate the founding idea of America was in 1776 when the Declaration was passed, not in 1619 when slavery started. So, moving on to actual politics, Trump finally, finally is stepping up against insurrection. He's doing his job as commander-in-chief and putting down rebellion, which he should have done a long time ago. So, if you have not heard, there is... A pretty much a, a state of rebellion in Portland, Oregon. It's called CHAZ, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, or CHOP, sometimes it's called CHOP too. So I'll say like CHOP CHAZ. Um, it's a group of people that have pretty much shut down a, a section of the city and for 58 days now, 58 days, they have shut down a section of the city. Uh, law enforcement, had they pretty much attack law enforcement that tries to go in there. The, um, the, the situation is terrible. And local leadership and state leadership is doing absolutely nothing about it. They have pretty much taken over a section of the city and for 58 days, absolutely nothing has happened. So, President Trump decided that he was going to send in federal troops or federal forces to pretty much dispatch this somewhat small rebellion. And so Governor Kate Brown, she's the governor of Oregon, she reacts to Trump um, sending in the federal government. And here's what she had to say. When I spoke to the Secretary of Homeland Security last week, I told them to go home, that their forces are not needed here, they are not wanted here, and they're making a challenging situation worse. As I said, the violence is absolutely unacceptable. We're talking about outliers uh, in terms of protesters. But in Oregon, you know, we solve problems by sitting down. We solve problems by de-escalating a situation and engaging in dialogue. Okay. All right. A couple things. Number one, you can't tell them to go home because, Kate Brown, you should have learned something called federalism when you were in school. Under federalism, state does not outrank federal forces. You are a state official. You're not the president. You're a governor. And if you're not going to do your job, if you are not going to do your job as the governor, then the the president gets to step in. Okay? He's not doing anything unconstitutional. If you are not going to enforce laws, then President Trump gets to enforce laws. That's the way this works. Number two, the violence that you mentioned is not an outlier. Look up the videos. Look up the videos. It's not an outlier. Certainly not. Number three, you haven't, she said, we we sat, did we sit down and we figure out these problems and we solve them, we talk about them. Really? Have you guys been talking for 58 days? Why is this continuing to be a problem? Because it seems to me you have done absolutely nothing to solve this problem. 
nothing. And there are people that live in that block square. There are people that live there, Oregon citizens, that need protection and need help from their government, and they're not getting it because you suck at your job. And by the way, uh, just to give you an idea of how bad it was, someone died. Someone was shot in CHOP and Chaz. And the uh, actually, the emergency officials were not allowed to get in there to help them. The people turned them away. It, they eventually were, but it took a long time. And what did the state and local officials do about it? Of course, absolutely nothing. It's been going on for 58 days. So finally, Trump is intervening. And it's not just in Portland, Oregon. Trump is also one to intervene in Chicago, Illinois. Because the crime rate is so high. And again, Chicago is under Democratic leadership. The, the mayor of Chicago is was crazy upset that Trump was wanting to send in officials. Um, but here was Trump. Here's what Trump had to say on uh, on why he was wanting to send in uh, troops, or not troops, but send in uh, federal officials to Chicago. Today, I am announcing that the Department of Justice will immediately surge federal law enforcement to the city of Chicago. The FBI, ATF, DEA, U.S. Marshal Service, and Homeland Security will together be sending hundreds of skilled law enforcement officers to Chicago to help drive down violent crime. And murderers and violent criminals are breaking a wide range of federal laws. We have that. It's as wide as it can be. We will find them, arrest them, and prosecute them. They will be in jail for many years to come. Okay, and all of that is exactly right. Everything Trump just said right there is exactly right. So my only criticism for Trump is not that he's doing the wrong thing. I think he's doing the right thing. He just took too long. What took you so long, Mr. President, to do it truly? This should have been done day three or four or a week in. This should have been president. If I were president, this is what I would have said to Kate Brown. Kate Brown, who is the governor of Oregon, I would say, Governor Brown, here's what's going to happen. You are going to dispatch the National Guard. You're going to dispatch whatever local or state officials you need to go in there and take back the, that part of the city. And you have 72 hours. If you cannot do it in 72 hours, I'm dispatching federal forces. Or if you need my help, if you need anything, let me know. I'm a blank check. You let me know and you can have it. But you cannot let those people just take over parts of your city. But of course, President Trump didn't do that. He decided he needed to tweet. So also, Trump is talking about doing the exact same thing in New York. And part of the part of me thinks, you know, Trump is doing the right thing here. Okay. If you have leadership and red or blue. I mean, I don't care, Republican or Democrat. If you have leadership that is not doing their job and not keeping people safe, then pr the president does have the authority to step in and do that for you. So he's wanted to do the exact same thing in New York, where Mayor Bill de Blasio is is uh, is in place. And he got so upset. Here's what Mayor Bill de Blasio had to say. This president blusters and bluffs and says he's going to do things and they never materialize on a regular basis. So first, we should not overrate his statements. They are so often not true. Uh, second, if he tried to do it, it would only create uh, more problems. It would backfire. It wouldn't make us safer. And we would immediately take action in court to stop it. Uh, from my point of view, this would be yet another example of illegal and unconstitutional actions by the president and him in court. And we usually win. OK, that's the most ridiculous thing that I've ever heard. OK, number one, Trump is not bluffing. Trump is already sending federal officials into Oregon. He is definitely not bluffing. Okay. 
Number two, how would it, he says it would make things worse. How? How? How is sending law enforcement into your area making things worse? People are dying in your city because you suck at your job. How is that making things worse? And what do you mean you're going to block him in court? Let, let me, <laughs> it's so hard for me not to, I mean, if the situation wasn't so serious, I would laugh at it because Bill de Blasio seriously just said with a straight face, there is crime in my city, and I know that. Trump, if you try to send in officials to help bring down crime in my city, I'm going to sue you. I'm taking you to court. Like, what? <laughs> what? Trump is trying to help. Who? How is this controversial? How is it controversial that Trump wants to send in forces to help you? He's just trying to help. And you're going to say, I'm going to take you to court? That's nuts. That's absolutely nuts. And so those are all the problems on the left with Trump, all the left with disintegrationists, these leftists with Antifa taking over um, Portland, Oregon. But the left is not the only people. The left are not the only people that have problems. The right also has problems. The GOP is having problems too. They should be united, but of course they're not. This is a time where it's an election year. You really need to be united. Trump is not doing well in the election uh, polls. No, he, he's just not. He is not doing well. And now is a time where he really needs to do well. And so the conservative House Freedom Caucus attacks Liz Cheney. She's a member on, on the caucus. Okay. And so what she, this is, this is the GOP attacking their own. Liz Cheney's a Republican. And these, this is the conservative um, House Freedom Caucus that's attacking one of their own. And so they attack Liz Cheney. All right. And so what great sin did she commit? What great sin did Liz Cheney say that, that was just awful? Well, she criticized Trump's Twitter. She said, I don't think Trump should use Twitter. I think he says dumb things on Twitter. Fact check true. Fact check true. Trump does say dumb things on Twitter. Trump doesn't have to use Twitter to say dumb things, though. He says dumb things all the time. And she praised Fauci. She said that Fauci was doing a pretty good job. I'm paraphrasing. But she said that Fauci was doing a pretty good job. And I... You know what? I know a lot of people, he catches a lot of flack. I know that a lot of people get upset with Fauci. I don't think Fauci's doing that bad of a job. I think Fauci, because people are like, oh, Fauci, well, you said this, and then you said that, and then you said this, and then you said that. What do you mean, Fauci? What do you mean, Dr. Fauci? Aren't you a medical doctor? You don't even know. Well, no, he doesn't know, because no one knows, because the information changes. Think about the mass. How many different things have you heard about the mass? Initially, we were told they wouldn't help at all, and then we were told, well, they will help, but they'll really only help, they'll only kind of keep your germs in. They're not going to keep any germs out, number two. But then number three, we were told again, no, nah, they don't really make that big of a difference. And now in my state, we're being told again that, yes, they do make a difference and that you have to wear them. So, it, you know, Dr. Fauci, if he's on the group or if he's on the train of people that are changing their minds as new information comes out, well, then he's just doing his job. Now, Dr. Fauci has said some things that I don't like in the past, too. But overall, I think he's doing a pretty good job. To suggest that he has some kind of political motive is asinine. He's a doctor. He's a doctor. He's not running for office. He's a doctor. But the biggest lesson to learn here is don't tie yourself to President Trump. All right, the Republicans tried to tie themselves to, to President Trump in the 2018 midterms. B disaster. Absolute disaster. Okay? A I mean, a nightmare. Do not tie yourself to Trump. Because believe it or not, he's not as popular as he lets on. We just need we need only look at the polling data. Trump is not as popular as what he lets on. A lot of people are turned off by him, by what he says and what he does. You need to appeal. You need to appeal. Now, he's got his base. He's got his base. 
This, and that's he. I feel like a lot of times he wants to appeal to his own base, and he doesn't need to appeal to his own base. They would die for him. He needs to appeal for people like me in the middle. And I've said this before on the podcast, but he needs to earn my vote. I don't. I want to vote for him. I, I don't know that I will. I want to vote for him, but I just I I don't know. I don't know that I will. In other news, the 2020 uh, campaign, Trump's continuing to struggle right now. Uh, it's looking like. He's probably not going to win. I mean, if the election were held tomorrow, I don't think Trump would win. Now, granted, I didn't think he would win in 2016. But he's polling a lot worse now than he was in 2016. Um, He's got a pretty long shot to win. Ben Shapiro, when I was listening to him the other day, he said he thought he had 80-20. 80-20 to lose. Only 20% to win. Um, I don't think he's that low. I mean, for what I've seen, I don't think that his odds are that low. Um, I would probably put Trump at like 60-40. Lose. Um. 60% that he would probably lose. Because um, I think a Biden turns a lot of people off now. But what's amazing about this election, as every election it seems like, this election is going to be not a, I like my candidate. It's more of a, I just can't stand that other candidate. So I'm just going to vote for this candidate so that candidate doesn't win. And I think that's true on both sides. I don't think the Democrats are super enthusiastic about Joe Biden. I mean, who would be? He forgets who he is off the, half the time. I just think there's they're more enthusiastic that Trump loses, and that is a disaster. People keep harping on, and this is something that I don't see a lot of people harp on. They keep harping on, oh, well, how could you vote for Joe Biden? Oh, how could you vote for Joe Biden? How could you vote for Joe Biden? It's not about Joe Biden. It's how it's to make Trump lose. It's to make Trump lose. That's what Democrats want more than anything. It's not a Joe Biden presidency. It's a the Trump's into a presidency. And. Uh, by the way, the last thing I'm, I'm going to leave you with, uh, Biden said something bizarre the other day. Biden said that Trump was America's first racist president, which a couple things wrong with that. Number one, I, I think the evidence is shaky that Trump's racist. I think Trump has done, I mean, while in office, policy while in office, I do not think Trump is racist. I think Trump has actually done very things that are very anti-racist, um, so I don't I don't see the evidence that Trump is racist. Now again, I think Trump's got a lot of problems, but I don't think that he's racist. All right. Number two, uh, well, actually, we need to pretty much if Biden's going to make the claim that Trump is the first racist president, what de- definition of racism are we using? Are we using the definition of racism that most logical people use, which is like the definition, like the dictionary definition of racism, or are we using the leftist definition, which is a very broad scale definition of racism because if we're going to use the 2020 leftist definition of racism, then I'd say every president except maybe five, except maybe five, uh, were all racist. If we're going to use the Webster definition, the one that most people recognize, I would say uh, every president up to Teddy Roosevelt was probably racist. I mean, just to be honest, if we're talking about just racial superiority, yeah, I'd, I'd say that's probably true. Um, so Franklin Pierce comes to mind, pretty racist. Um, so would he, even if you want to make the argument that Trump is racist, he's definitely not the first racist president we've had. Joe Biden, where are you? Go back to the basement. All right, that's enough for me. If you like what I have to say, but you don't want to wait for Saturday for the new show, follow me on Twitter, at Gardenation Show. That's at Gardenation Show for me commenting on the news as it rolls in throughout the week. If you're listening on a podcast, please subscribe and give me a five-star rating. That helps push out my content and get it exposed to other people. 
If you're on YouTube, please like this video and subscribe for weekly content. If you have a question or a comment, you can either comment on this video or you can email me at gardnation at gmail.com. That's gardnation at gmail.com. I'll read your question and answer it, or if you want me to read it on the air and answer it and name drop you, I can do that as well. Thank you for listening to Garden Nation.